0: the one thing that we want to do on this podcast is to bring the the metalworking nation together to bring this machining community together so that we can talk about topics that you know people maybe were afraid to talk about before so i think it's it's up to you and i to be forthcoming and honest about the experiences that we've gone through if the sound of a machine tool removing metal gets your blood pumping then you are metalworking nation
1: All right, hey, welcome everybody. This is episode numero nueve. That's episode number nine of Making Chips. I am in our fabulous studio here in uh, Illinois with my good friend Jason Zanger, and we are ready to record episode number nine, and we're gonna be talking about tactics at extending terms, credit, borrowing, supplier credit. We're just We just wanna get to the bones of what that means to us as two businessmen, how how th- they differ, and uh, we hope you enjoy it. So uh, Jason, any manufacturing news that you want to fill us in
0: before we get uh, to this topic? Yeah, apparently you didn't like my intro, so you've taken over.
1: Yeah, how did I do? That's my first time. You I've did done great. It. Good, 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 good. <laughs> Probably good. better
0: than me. Well, we'll see. Yeah, so One of the things that I ran across just recently is a company, well, I don't know if you call them a company, but they're a a training facility called Workshops for Warriors. And what they do is that they transition veterans and injured veterans into civilian jobs by training them and mentoring them and helping them with job placement in the manufacturing industry. And when I saw, I actually saw this on Facebook. I don't know if they took out an ad and I came across it, but I was just You know, immediately I I said, "Wow, this is this is great that somebody has decided to really be laser focused on who they want to target to train for the manufacturing industry."
1: Very interesting.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's an organization out of California. So I was just going to um, ask where are they from. Yeah, so obviously that's where they're going to do their training is is in California. But I'm I'm sure that they have some you know future plans to be able to bring this to other areas. Um, if there's not other, does it say what levels of manufacturing that they're trying to train? Is it like welding or is it precision machining no. or is it? It's cool. all the above, I believe. Um, they're, all the different they're, yeah, layers. they're they're definitely doing welding. They're definitely doing you know CNC machining. They're training in Mastercam and SolidWorks. Great, that's good stuff. Yeah, they want to be able to you know provide good jobs for our veterans which i i think is great fabulous there's so much good stuff i'm hearing coming out of
1: you know grants and getting the veterans involved and you know i i, I hear it all the time in my roundtable discussions about how how great it is to hire a veteran that they you know they they re- they're very good um supervisors they they take authority well they respect authority i i personally car machine have never hired a veteran, but I certainly would not be opposed to doing that in the future.
0: I agree. And, and we actually have some job openings and um, I'm looking at to see if I can be deliberate about looking at some veterans to hire for the position. Fabulous. Good luck. We'll let, we'll let everybody know how we did. So why don't you get us started, Jim, since you've taken over? Yeah. So podcast number
1: nine, we're talking about credit terms. It's it's kind of a sticky subject and you know, no one really wants to talk about money and borrowing and and I, I got to be honest, I was a little hesitant about uh, bringing this out, you know, to the world as well.
0: You mean to talk about your experience? Yeah, in this just area. my
1: experiences and you know uh, what it was about, how I feel about it, because it, it it is kind
0: of personal. Well, I mean, the one thing that we want to do on this podcast is to bring the the metalworking nation together, to bring this machining community together, so that we can talk about topics that. You know, people maybe were afraid to talk about before. So I think it's it's up to you and I to be forthcoming and honest about the experiences that we've gone through. I agree. I think we're going to do our very best to achieve that. So, so yeah. So what
1: what I've decided to to start out with, Jason, is what what are Zangers and Cars typical terms? I'll tell you what mine is, and I'll, I'll pass the pass the torch to you. I want a briefcase. Go brief ahead. Case of cash when I deliver my <laughs> product. <laughs> Yeah, just just open it up and just let your hand go in there and pull it out, right? Exactly. So I get I get this new prospect. I get you know I quote them the job. I have no credit experience with them at all. So what I typically do, depending on the type of customer they are, you know, if it you know let's just say it's a thirty thousand dollar order, obviously I'm not going to say it's a COD. So what we do is I have office manager just. Do a overall credit check on it. We might do a Donna Bradstreet just to see where they're at, to see if, they, if there's anything icky about that particular uh, new customer out there. If, if Let me tell you, if they've got any dings against them, it's going to be out there and people are going to, you know, it's going to be very visible. To, to see. But typically, what I do is if it's, it's it's somebody that's small, I always go COD, and I typically go with a credit card. It's kind of unconventional for the manufacturing industry to offer a credit card payment, but we use Square now, and it's very easy. You could just insert it into your
0: iPad, swipe, and boom, it's in with 24 hours. Yeah, I think for a new customer that that would be appropriate. I you know obviously somebody that you've been dealing with for longer than just that one job you'll you'll probably have to extend some kind of terms but we are also going through the process of defining our credit terms and I think opening up with a um w- with a credit card is 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 definitely a good way to go. And and like you what said What percent of your transactions are credit card transactions oh, at Zangers? Very like Two percent is that it? I see. I would have thought it was way higher. I thought you were going to say fifteen percent or more. No, it's it's actually pr- very small. But maybe it should be bigger. I know <laughs> my dad and I were joking about this the other day. But you know, when when a new customer, you know, when we get a new customer, he gets really excited, and you know, he really um, you know helps them to to get established with us. And um, we were just talking about a couple like thousands of dollars that we have to write off before the end of the year because you know, we got these new customers and they skipped town and they never paid us. And I don't know no exactly kidding. how they were able to bamboozle us, but they did. And, um, you know, it's not it's it's not going to it's not going to break us or anything, but it's a couple thousand dollars at the end of the year that we have to write off because they you were a nice guy and you let them
1: you let them take the product on terms and they just they didn't have the money in their back pocket to pay. Them.
0: There, there's some people out there that know that they're going out of business mm-hmm. and they will intentionally say that they're looking for a new supplier, a new manufacturing company to deal with and they'll target you and and they'll get you excited and you'll set up credit for them and um and then they and then they're done and then you don't so get So how your do money. you mitigate that? So t-
1: tell me what you've learned. I mean how how do you
0: mitigate that? I think so, your idea for taking a credit card for the first time is a great idea. And yeah. if, and if somebody doesn't have a business credit card, it's probably cuz they don't have good credit. That's because they they shouldn't be in business. No, you're absolutely right. So I mean, you should, all, as, a, as a business owner, you should always have, I mean, you always need credit, a credit card to buy, you know, office supplies and stuff like that. So, I mean, Gasoline, it should be available. Yeah, it's, exactly. Gasoline. I mean, even though gas is down, to, you know,
1: it's almost under two bucks a gallon right. now, but still you need a credit card. Yeah, I mean, I, I use my credit card whenever I can because I want the points. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So we've talked about when we, when we have this new prospect, this new customer, we, we typically want them to pay that first transaction with the credit card if we can get them to do that and then in the meantime in the background where our respective companies our admin our admins are doing the 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 credit checks on them so then about a week after we do the credit check we come to a conclusion that hey we're going to extend credit to you in x amount of dollars and we will punch that up accordingly based on your the way you repay so and that that typically works really well we don't have any problems we are a net 30 company at least that's what we say we are you know i know
0: that very few people pay net 30. right it's usually 45. it's i think by the time it goes through the process and the check comes in through the mail it's it's 45 days industry
1: standard is 45. you know i've been i've been in this business for decades and it really hasn't changed all too much i do remember however during the last recession that's when people really went long and you know I've gone through customer bankruptcies before and, and all that but uh,
0: and I think that the um, the automotive industry I believe has real really trailblazed extending that uh, that out so they basically say well if you want to deal with us you're going to pay in 60 days or 90 days and then what happens is their subcontractors, say, start saying the same thing. And then it it just ends up trickling down down to everybody. Oh, Jason, I've, I've had new major prospects,
1: OEMs that they've come, they want us to sign a vendor relationship document. And in that document, they're 90 to 120 days. I don't know about you, but I can't wait that long for my money. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. They're
0: running their business on my money. If, if, if I'm going to Agree to terms like that. I'm going to actually. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't say I, but I think you, as a manufacturing company, you need to be able to charge some kind of financing rate in there because if they're going to finance with you, it can't be at the same you know price for the product that you're manufacturing them. I, I mean, you have to be able to charge some. Think kind of about
1: finance. it. I mean, in, in our industry, it's all labor. It, labor costs are, are the most expensive and the driving force within our industry. I had to pay all my employees the next week. I, so they get seven days. I get seven days up front, and they got to get paid. If the, these OEMs are demanding 90 to 120 days, it's
0: absolutely not a way to run a business. But would you do it if you knew that you could charge a above market level interest rate for that time. So for example, it's, it's almost unethical to me in a way. No, it's not, not, it's not at all because you're, you're doing the job of a bank. Yes. So you, a bank's charge interest rate, so you should charge an interest rate for it. So if they're extending you out for an extra 60 to 90 days, then what, what are, what's the interest um, value associated with that? Because somebody has to pay it somebody's got to pay it. Somebody's got to pay it. If, if, if you're extending credit,
1: somebody's got to pay it. So can you do that? Uh, or do you not have, you don't have any of those
0: kind of customers now? I do not now. have
1: any of those customers. I, I really, I, you know, I, I'm in a position that I can kind of pick and choose right now. And I don't want, I'm not, I'm not foreseeing, my business going in
0: that direction for long-term financing. Well, why don't you do an experiment in the, in the next okay. job that, think that comes your way. You can quote it two ways. You could say, okay, here's your normal price if you pay in our normal terms. And then here's your price as it relates to the terms that you would like, right. which are 120 days. Yeah.
1: So with with that, I, you know, I've got some- I mean, is
0: that, is that too controversial? I don't know. Mm, it, it,
1: it could be. It certainly could be. But anyway, moving on, I just- uh, uh, there was a question that I think is really good. And what what is your approach? So I have an approach that, you know, again, our ter- car machines tool uh, terms are net 30. Typically everyone pays in around 45. When does Zangers, and I'll share my, what I do, but I'm asking you first, Jason, is when do you put the heat on, Do do you have a certain threshold of days where you, it sets off an alarm if you will. And what do you do? How do you, so let's say someone gets to 60 days. What 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 happens at that point? Well, as I mentioned before, we're what's actually- pro- What's de- protocol?
0: Yeah, we're defining that process again, but we we would definitely contact the customer and let them know that they are past due at 60 days. Mm-hmm. So they'll you, the, the heat would be put on- Yeah, they'll get an email, days. they'll get a fax, they'll get a, a phone call, they'll get a
1: statement. Okay. Well, they get statements every month anyway. Okay. So with us is, you know, 45 is, is nothing happens before 45 days. Correct. At 45 days, my office manager comes out to me and says, here's where we're at. This guy's at 50, 55 days. I said, okay, we're going to tag that particular account and we're going to really keep our eye on it. Once it hits 60, then we start calling and it's, we've been very successful with keeping that protocol within the company 45 between 45 and 60. We're really looking at them at 60. We just start calling. We don't send statements. We don't send, you know, uh, so it's typically an administrative error that we find that they, they're not paying within our terms of, you know, 30, 45, you know, they always lose it or whatever. Yeah. They, that happens all the time it, with it, us too. All the time, all the time, but. After sixty days, from sixty to ninety, that is when it turns. It really elevates for us, and and it things start to boil. I would almost cut somebody off if they hit ninety days, because you really have to evaluate whether or not that customer is viable. If, if that customer is gonna uh, continue to to help, because at the end of the day, it, it's a give and take. I'm giving you a product and you're giving me the the money for it. If they can't maintain that way of doing business,
0: that ethical way of doing business, I
1: think that it really has to be
0: reevaluated. Yeah, so we our, our company is a little bit different in, in our customer base. So we have thousands of customers. So we have to use a little bit more of an automated process. You know, you, you, your customers probably have a higher dollar amount. We have customers that, that spend anywhere from, you know, five hundred thousand dollars a year or I'm sorry five hundred a year to you know million dollars a year. So we have to have a different process for those different types of customers. For some of our larger customers, you know when they've run into certain kind of you know financial troubles or just need you know some extra terms we have work with them and you know we we try to be empathetic towards the situation that they're in and you know as long as we have that open dialogue of communication you know we can work with them through those situations Um, would you
1: said that would you say that's a key critical element about if if one of your customers is having some kind of financial issues that they come to you and talk to you and say hey
0: we're really having a, a hard cash flow problem. Yeah, they need to month. communicate exactly. And we talked about that in a, in a previous episode that you might be having a um, you know just going through something that is um, isolated in in your industry, and you know communicate with me, tell me what's going on, and let's figure out a plan. And you can kind of like read through it whether they're they're being. Honest with you, yeah. These are typically customers that I I have a really Long-term good relationship, long term relationships. Long-term yeah, sure. relationships. I, I know the owners, I know the management staff, you know everything like that. You got to feel it in your heart too. You got to feel it in your heart, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So beyond these ninety days experiences, uh, because that's the threshold for me. Fortunately, I have never gone beyond these ninety days thre- thresholds. But a lot of the, our peers use collection agencies. Do you
0: know much about them? Do you want to share anything? Yeah, we. We, we have used and we do use a collection agency, okay. absolutely. Like what? I mentioned, since we have so many customers, um, we have to go to some of these ways to automate our process. So we've definitely used collection agencies in the past. So you know, what's, for, the, what's the threshold for turning an account over to a collection agency? We have monthly meetings. Um, kind of a subset of our of our leadership team gets together the first Monday of every month, and we discuss where there are red flags that we um, need to make decisions on. And during that meeting, we'll make decisions whether you know a customer would go to collections or not. So, for example, for so there's not a standard protocol. It's ba- it, you you get you have a meeting about. Oh, we have a meeting bit. about it. Yeah, I mean okay. everything is individual. So okay, you know, it. I mean we we seek to understand all of our customers and the situation that they're in so for example in the case that new customer who set up an account with us knowingly that they were going to be closing down their business obviously you know we're going to send them to a collection agency because that collection agency has greater means of being able to investigate exactly what happened to that company interesting
1: what, is there a fee associated with the collection agency, or and what what is that fee? How, how does it work? I, I, you're gonna Enlighten pay me.
0: You're gonna pay a percentage of what they collect. Okay. Would you like to share what that percentage is or don't you know off the top of you your know, head? You know, it's going to vary based on the collection agency and the services that they have to offer. That's something that my controller handles, so okay. I don't know exactly what those percentages okay. are. I think that they're anywhere from 15 to 25%, I oh, believe. Oh, that much? Oh, wow. yeah. It's a big chunk. Wow. I mean, you're basically just trying to recoup a fraction of your cost and get out from under it. Okay. In your experiences, once those accounts get turned
1: over to a collection agency and they get their cut how successful are they? Are you, would you
0: say that you get 50% back? That's a good question. I think I need to ask my controller that question, okay. but they're not as successful as I would hope that they would really? be. Really? Yeah. Surprisingly, they're not as successful as, as I as I wish they would be. Um, I would say that it's probably less than 50%. Wow. Interesting. Because I mean, you know, in general people are genuine and they're honest and they want to pay their bills. So if it's gotten to the point where a collection agency has been engaged, I feel like you're you're dealing with a different type of business that probably is is become defunct and is is going out of business. So the collection agency You know, you can't squeeze water from a rock. So they're not going to be able to get money any better than we are in that situation. But there are some situations where they can be successful.
1: Yeah, I I know a lot of people take, um, you know, have lines of credit for their accounts receivable because of cash flow problems. And that's another method behind paying your bills is by having a line of credit on your accounts receivable, you know, especially if you're getting into a cash flow problem.
0: Or are you talking about that you're selling your accounts receivable to a third party for cash uh well you can take a line of credit based on what
1: your accounts receivable is like some banks ours will particularly give us a line of up to 75 percent of our accounts yeah receivable. I think that that's a standard so,
0: part of you know the banking relationship with your line of credit is that they're right you know yeah they're taking your accounts receivable into consideration um what I was referring to and I think it's called factoring, if I, if I remember correctly, is where you're actually handing over your accounts receivable as an asset to this organization. Where, a third party. Yeah, where they're, you know, you, you basically, as soon as you invoice, you know, your customer, it becomes their accounts receivable no and then they give you a percentage of that. Um, I don't know too many details about that because we've never, never done that before. nor right. I don't think we ever would, but I know that it's um, something out there. But I think you're, you're, once again, you know, you're paying too high of a percentage in order to, to do that. Yeah, sure. You can also, um, I don't know if the, you, you had this on the agenda, but I mean, you can also ensure your um, accounts receivables also. Hmm. I didn't know that. I would imagine you probably could, but oh, oh uh, yeah, there there are um, yeah, yeah. There's it's insurance. Through your business insurance. Yeah, there's yeah. insurance companies out there that will actually insure your accounts receivable, so that you know you have a deductible, and um, you know if if a company goes bankrupt, you get back. You know, I I, I would assume it's a hundred percent. Maybe there's another percentage of that accounts receivable minus the deductible. Now it's not cheap. It's it's pretty expensive, but really? you know no insurance is cheap as we all know, right? And that's going to be for another topic. Yeah, for I guess we could talk about that. Yeah, no, I think in, it's in a great future. one. Yeah.
1: It's uh, insurance is a big, big pain point for us all, and um, I think it's something that we need to uh, share with our listeners. Anything new in the yeah? So
0: um, sp- spectrum. Yeah, there. Of course, there is. So my my company, we're actually coming out with a new line of. Carbide USA made round tools called Z Cut. So, I guess I'm going to do a little self promotion and, and talk about that. So, what do you mean round tools? Oh, I'm sorry, that's <laughs> I've gotten in trouble for this before. That, that's kind of an industry term. So, uh, round tools would, would encompass, you know, end mills, drills, taps. Basically, what Z Cut is going to be is it's going to be standard and high performance USA made carbide end mills and drills. And drills. Interesting. Well, Great. carbide emblems to start. What about the coatings that they're, put, that they're going to be putting? Oh, on we're, yeah, we're going to have the most advanced coatings that are available because uh, on the w- tools.
1: The feedback that I get from my shop is nowadays they're saying that it's all well. It's not only critical to have a grade of carbide that's superior, but it's that coating that goes oh absolutely on. yeah because then they don't have to use you know a lot, a lot of the way we cut nowadays is not with coolant anymore we're just we're just cutting f- with air you know what i mean because the that coating that's on there is keeping the tool cool it's keeping the metal cool it's it's
0: fabulous yeah i actually made a trip out to the company that's going to be doing the coatings for our tools and they coating facility was um, was pr- very impressive and you know they use all the, the latest coatings um, that they're going to be using on our tools. Yeah it's very important. I'm amazed that when I got into this business you know we sold a lot of high speed steel and cobalt oh, yeah. products and then you know it, 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 it became 90% carbide and now it's 90% you know advanced coated high performance carbide products. Yeah I, I I've seen
1: that evolution in my own shop I and mean, years ago it used to be I mean, it was a low tech, high speed steel drills, a number seven drill with a 118 degree lead angle on it. And you crossed your fingers when you drilled that hole that it was going to hold size because you didn't know what the hell was going to
0: happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that we, we talked about actually having a podcast episode that was dedicated to the evolution of the mill. So um, we should, we'll Definitely have to bring out an expert to talk about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, tools is tools is a major thing in the shop we all know that and uh it's good to hear that uh you're moving and evolving that uh forward with an, your own line.
0: Yeah, so you know basically what it's going to be is it's going to be a um you know our own line of standard and high performance tools at a you know very competitive price. Great. Good luck. Thank you. Can't wait to I I'd like a couple of those samples for my shop. Uh I don't know if I can give you the Oh, you, you might you have can. to pay for it. <laughs>
1: Anyway, uh, glad to have you with us today and listening to us uh, talk about all this exciting stuff going on in the manufacturing industry. That wraps up episode number nine. Jason, why don't you tell our listeners how they can keep in contact with us and uh, where they need to go?
0: Yeah. So go to makingchips.com and post a comment on the podcast page. And you can also reach out to us on Facebook, Twitter different social media links that are available on our website. So, But the the, the easiest way to get a hold of us would be to go to our website, make a comment on the podcast page, and enter your email address to be on our mailing list so that you can hear the latest and greatest from Mickey Chips. This podcast exists to improve the manufacturing industry. We want to hear from you, the owners, managers, leaders, and engineers from the metalworking nation. What ideas do you want to share? And what keeps you up at night? We want you to take something away from this podcast that you can use to improve your company, your team, and yourself. So let us know what you want to hear, and we'll see you next time on Making Chips. Jim, what are you doing on February
1: 26th? Uh, ah, February 26th. Oh, that rings a bell. Let me let me check my calendar real quick. Oh, I know. I'm going to you and I are going to be at the Ritz-Carlton in downtown Chicago at the Crane's 3rd Annual Manufacturing Summit. That's right, we are. Yep, we are. Yeah, what, what did you think of last year's summit? You know, I I really enjoyed it. I it was uh it, all the power players in the industry were there, and uh, you know I distinctly remember Ron Emanuel being there talking about Chicago and how it ranked number two within North America for manufacturing competitiveness. It was it was really impressive. I made tons of connections. A, a lot of our peers were there with us. It was just it was just a fantastic event. I agree. February twenty sixth at the Ritz Carlton Ballroom. Gotcha. Uh, dr- almost directly on Michigan Avenue. Starts at 7:30 a.m. We all know, and what we just talked about on the preceding podcast was the power of the network and how important it is, and how relevant it is nowadays. This is an opportune time to go out, meet your manufacturing peers. Talk about
0: business, talk about where everyone's at and going forward and and just, you know, really elevate your business. Absolutely. And we have a special offer for our listeners. If you go to makingchips.com slash manu25, M-A-N-U 25, and follow the links on our page, you can register and get $25 off, which the registration will go from $125 to $100. So it's a great deal for our listeners. Right, they need to enter in promo code MANU twenty five once in. So when they go to
1: check out of the events for the registration, they just need to enter in the promo code M A N
0: U twenty five. Thank you. You're right. All right, we hope Very to good. see you all there, and um, maybe we'll get together after the summit and uh, have a drink. Great. Look forward to seeing all our listeners out there
1: in person.